Well, good afternoon. It's, okay. it's an incredible honor and blessing for us to be here uh, to celebrate with you on this special day of ordination and installation of your servants, God's servants. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we start, I would like to ask my wife to pray for us. She's going to read today's passage, actually, mm -hmm. uh, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12, mm -hmm. and then she'll pray for us. I just want to declare how beautiful it is that God's people gather together. Uh, so Psalm 26, 8, Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. And uh, Psalm 84, better is one day in your course than a thousand elsewhere. Hallelujah. So I just want to welcome everyone. And I'm, I'm so grateful that God brought me uh, to Hope Church to be with you all. Um, and as I read, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, 9 through 12. Would you uh, follow along uh, with me? The Lord says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now... You are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, um, we thank you and praise you for this glorious day, Lord, your holy day. And, and Lord, you have opened up the doors to your home. Lord, it is a house of prayer for all nations. And Father, you have welcomed us in, all your children of all age groups, Oh, Heavenly Father, even with our broken hearts, with broken souls, broken minds and, and, and bodies, Lord, you welcome us. And Lord, um, you give us your joy, your abundant love and grace. Father, as Pastor James, Lord, has prepared the message for this special occasion today, Father, would you come and speak through him mightily, boldly, and that he will not hold anything back. Lord, but whatever is on your heart, you will speak through Pastor James Cha. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Great. Thank you. <clears throat> so this afternoon, before we go into this passage, I want to share, um, let's see, let's go back to, can we go back to the beginning of, yeah, oh, there it is. Okay. So I just want to share with you from our perspective, what a church should be like, even during this pandemic, or any kind of turmoil or storm. And as Pastor Mimi shared, we served 10 years overseas, and including in Uzbekistan, where it's illegal to have a house church. So let's say one day persecution comes to America and you have to be illegal. How would you still function as a church? And I believe God wants all of us to be, as a church, a gathering that glorifies him. So on the screen, you see right after a pandemic hit, we could not have ESL classes in the church where we were meeting. 
And so we decided um, that at least we will reach out to our ESL students, many of them, as has been mentioned before, even through prayer, they're going through hard times. Many lost their jobs. So providing food, bags of food to about 70 families. And here's my wife. I don't know where her mask went, but she's, she loves people. She's praying for them. And they're receiving not only bags of food, but prayer as well. And from that, then we launched into ESL classes inside the homes of some of our students who are willing to open up their homes. And of course, we go in with the mask and we have a temperature gauge a thermometer. But once we kind of feel comfortable, then the masks are down and, and faith is teaching. And the lady that you see sitting in the front, front right, that's Shirley. I don't know. I'm not sure if anyone recognizes her, but dear old uh, sister, she is close to 70, retired African-American sister, served many years overseas and she just wanted to come and join us. And yes, she's a high-risk person, but she thought it's worth it. I want to be with you, and I want to be with these women who need not only English, but Jesus. And she's a prayer warrior. So at the end of that gathering, she prayed for each one of the women. And their hearts were touched. And then faith also had opportunity to have U.S. citizenship classes in the backyard of some of the students who wanted to pass the test. And one of the ladies, actually the lady who's holding that child, she passed this past year, and Faith even drove her two hours into Fairfax, waited for her to pass the, the test. And then they celebrated afterwards, and they invited our Faith and me to their home, had a great meal there from El Salvador. They know how to cook. We had a great meal for about four or five hours, in person, no mask. God also opened up opportunities for us. Because of COVID and the closure of ESL classes, many of our Muslim families were lonely. And so we would visit their homes, usually with meals, the masks are off, and even have opportunities to read the Bible in their language. Another Afghan family in Leesburg, they opened up their home, and we would go to there, visit their home several times during COVID. And then this last picture, we live in a home, some of you know, out in the woods, and the power company decided we need to cut down 35 trees. They are too close to the power line. And so this crew came in, crew of eight, and the man standing next to me, his African-American, uh, the foreman, his nickname is Watermelon. That's how he introduced himself. And, you know, it's, in the, it's the custom in Central Asia, in Uzbekistan. We learn that if work crew come to, their, come to your home, you have to feed them. And so we decided to feed these guys lunch each day. And they were there about three days. And usually they skip lunch. They take a break for an hour. But on the first day, Faith made rice and Korean barbecue chicken, and they loved it. So you see about two pots of that, all of that was gone. And while they're eating, I had the opportunity to share the gospel, to tell them about Jesus. None of them were going to church. They grew up in churches, but they stopped going to church. The next day, Costco pizza, and the following day, it was Popeyes. And they loved it. And at the end of that, 
as we gave out Bibles, every one of them took them and said, thank you so much. And they said, this doesn't happen. Even without COVID, this doesn't happen. Why are you so kind to us? And it's because we know Jesus. And it's because Jesus died for us and for them. And if they don't know Jesus, they need to hear that message. And now is the time. You know, just because there's COVID does not mean that Great Commission has paused. Just because of COVID, it doesn't mean that the harvest is not ripe. Otherwise, Jesus didn't know what he was saying 2,000 years ago. But because of COVID, the harvest is even more ripe. And he's looking for a church. And I believe Hope Church, you're it. That you would love on the people. Take the risk. What's wrong with getting COVID? You're young. I don't think I see anyone under 70, over 78, right? That's the age, isn't it? 78. The median COVID death, median age is 78. But that's also the life expectancy in America. So either way, you're going home to be with Jesus. Amen. Amen. So now is the time to reach out to people. And so going back to this passage, Peter says this, but you, meaning people before this, the passage, he was describing people who rejected Christ. But now he's talking to us. Those who have accepted Christ, have put our faith in Christ. He says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And let me unpack this. In today's message, two simple points. The first, the church is a gathering of people with a new identity in Christ. You and I, we are a gathering of people. It's not a building, it's of people who have a new identity in Christ. We have become God's children through Christ. And this identity, Peter explains, describes who we are. And the first, he says, you are a chosen people. Chosen meaning someone has chosen us. And we didn't choose him, he chose us first. And that's our God. Our king has chosen us. And the actual original word for people is race. We are a chosen race. Did you know that there's only one race, the human race? We all come from Adam. We have different ethnic groups which determine our culture, language, our skin color. But we are only one race. But amongst that one race, then the Lord is saying, but I have chosen you out of that human race, being born again to be my child, to be in the family of God. And then he also says we are royal priesthood. Not that we in ourselves, that we are royalty, but because we serve the king of kings, we have become royalty. And as priests, we have access to our king. And because you have access to the king of kings, you can do incredible things outside there. Not only here in, in the walls, but outside on the streets to represent Christ and pray for them and bring healing and, and amazing miracles that God can do through you. 
We're also a holy nation. Again, the word nation, that's in English, but the original word is, again, people group. We are a holy or set-apart people for God. We belong to him, to God, and not to Satan, and not to ourselves. Did you know every person born into this world is born into the kingdom of darkness? It doesn't matter whether you're Hindu, Muslim, or even a Christian. Our, we have three kids. Every time, every one of them, when they were born, they were born into the kingdom of darkness. And their ruler is Satan, according to John chapter 12, 31. He is their master. But unless they put their faith in Jesus Christ, they will remain in there. And God says, now you belong to me. You have come out of that darkness. You have received mercy through my son, Jesus Christ. That's our identity. And then finally, Peter says, we're aliens and strangers on earth. And another version, it says, rather than aliens and strangers, it says, we're expatriates and sojourners. We are here briefly. Our home is not here on earth. Our home is up in heaven. That's our home. And every one of us, after coming to Christ, that should be our perspective. That should be our overwhelming um, mindset. No matter what happens in this world, whether we're wealthy or poor, healthy or sick, this is not our world. This is not our home. Our home is up in heaven. And I want to uh, go back to that first phrase that Peter used we are a chosen race. And I know over these past, not only past year uh, with what happened in Minneapolis, but in the history of America, slavery and injustice has been a part of this. But I want to highly recommend this book. My, my wife homeschooled three of our kids, and along the way she ran into this book, Pink and Say. Uh, it's based on a true story between two Union soldiers, a white and a black kid. Very powerful. It makes us cry every time we read it. And it brings out a Christ-centered racial reconciliation that's so far better than anything that we see right now that's being played out, whether it's BLM, Antifa, Proud Boys, or whomever. If there's violence, if there's looting, if there's hatred, that's not of Jesus. Jesus would lay down his life for his enemies, and that's what he did for us. And I pray that the Lord will clear our minds to know how to function as a church during this time when there's so much confusion about racial reconciliation. And God also wants to, for all of us to take a step back about covid because in Philippians 1, 23 and 24, Paul says this, and he's writing this letter to the church in Philippi, but he himself is in Rome, in prison, soon to be beheaded. And he says this, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. He knows and loves Jesus so much that he says, I would rather die and be with him but it is for your sake, for the sake of the church, 
for the sake of the lost who still have to, who have yet to find Jesus, I am living for them. Is that our mentality? You know, if Paul were here on earth, even now, he would still be visiting towns with or without masks. He would make in-person visits. He would touch people, lay hands on them, and pray for them. Somehow, COVID has made us fearful, even about coming to church. Do we not long for Jesus? Do we think it's so bad to die early? And for Faith and I, as we were going and visiting, even stepping into these homes, not knowing if we would catch COVID or not, we would say two things. Jesus, you're worth it. And second, they're worth it. They're lost sheep. They need Jesus. If by visiting them, giving them a Bible in their language, one of them comes to Christ and we die with COVID, it's worth it. Because you and I, we have Jesus. They don't. And Paul, again, this is his mindset in 2 Timothy 4.18. He believes that the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so because Paul believed in this, he went anywhere and everywhere. Even if there was a threat of arrest, torture, and persecution, beating, beheading, he still went to those places knowing that Jesus could and would rescue him from every evil attack until it was time for him to go home. You know, just my wife and I did catch COVID. It wasn't during those times that we were doing outreach. Actually, it was at a, uh, a church small group gathering early December. And our symptoms were mild. I, just, I was tired and sleepy for about two weeks. Couldn't get out, of bed, get out of bed. Barely enough energy. My wife lost sense of taste and smell. So we would eat kimchi and she couldn't taste anything. And I, last, I lasted for five days and we would eat all the spicy food. Actually, that's the worst thing. They said eat the bland food and that's what you can taste. So nowadays we're eating fried eggs and best thing in the world. And purple onion, somehow we can taste that. But we know, we believe that if we, even if we caught COVID, if it's not our time, Jesus will heal us. But if it's our time, he will take us home, whether it's through COVID or cancer or car accident. If we believe that Jesus took us or we died earlier than we should because of COVID, then Jesus has no authority. Because he said in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations we should not fear COVID, brothers and sisters. I pray that you would be a church that would function because if it's not COVID, something worse will come. Jesus said that. It's not gonna get any easier. Politically, biologically, environmentally, it's going to get worse before he comes back. We need to rise up. Besides our new identity, God has given us a new purpose. And the church is a gathering of people who serve the King of Kings. We serve him inside the church and outside the church. And Peter tells us in two ways. And the first one in verse 9, he says, declare the praises 
the glories of God, whether you're in the church with believers or outside the church with non-believers. Let them know what Jesus has done for you. Let them know how he has saved you, how he has healed your marriage, how he has taken you out of a life of addiction, drugs or alcohol, how he has healed your daughter of an illness. And then Peter also says, through your good deeds, your good works will become a testimony to those who are outside, not inside. So that he says, pagans, and the word that actually that's used there, again, it's the nations. People from other nations will come and see what you're doing, and they would give glory to God on the, on the day that he visits, which is the judgment day. And so, a quick testimony about this woman that you see on the screen. Perhaps one time we may have shared about them. She is a Muslim, Egyptian woman. She and her son came to the States about five years ago. She wanted to live with her brother. Her brother threw her out on the street. So around Christmas time in 2015, she was out on the streets. Faith met her at the homeless shelter, helping with the feeding um, food at dinner in one evening. And she befriended them, eventually invited Suzanne and Amr to ESL classes. She needed English lessons. And so for three months, she would come. She also needed dental care. And we have friends, Christian dentists, pro bono. They took care of the dental needs, even medical needs, and including a Christian lawyer, immigration lawyer, who decided pro bono he would start the asylum status. And she got that, and she got a job. And all throughout this process, Faith was with her, driving her around because they had no car. And they would come to our church, and afterwards we would feed them pizza or Kentucky Fried Chicken. They loved, the boy loved that. And one day she said to my wife, you are a mirror to your God. And she said, I'm a Muslim and you're a Christian. Why are you loving me like this? And that day she came to Christ. She and her son. Well, fast forward four or five years. Now the son, he was a little boy. Now he's playing football. And she needed a new car to work, to go to work. So we raised enough funds from churches in, in Virginia area, $3,000, to help put down a down payment on a leased car. She wanted to lease a new car, so we thought that was a good idea. And her monthly payment is about $115. And to get the car, we went to this car dealer, and I met a young African-American salesman named Tyler. And because of document issues, I had to go there twice and spent about seven hours all together to get Suzanne this car. And after she drove off, I got this letter, text from Tyler. Thank you for actually, actually living the word of God. It really touches my heart that you did that for her because I had a really hard life and nobody helped me. I'm just glad to see that there is actually good people out there. So when he texted that to me, I texted right back this verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And I said, Tyler, it's not me. If I didn't know Jesus, I would not be doing this. Because when I called him on the phone, he said this, 
Why are you, a Korean-American pastor, helping this Arab woman? You're so different from her. Why are you helping her? And he said, I grew up in Baltimore. I was in and out of jail. My mother died young. I was out on the street, and no one helped me. And I saw prejudice, discrimination, and he, he was wounded in his heart. And he asked me, how could you do this? And I said to him, if you want to understand why is it that I did that, for, my wife and I did that for Suzanne, you need to start going to church and read the Bible. And I encouraged him to go to Brett, Pastor Brett Fuller's church, Grace Covenant Church, his African-American pastor, Washington, no longer Redskins, Washington football team uh, chaplain. And he went there first Sunday. It's a big mega church, about 3,000 members, mixed white-black congregation and white and black leadership. And as he went in, it was time for offering. So Tyler put in $20 in the offering basket. And then he heard the message, went to work right away. That Sunday, he sold three cars. So he was really excited. And he said, I can't believe I sold three cars. And I encouraged him to keep going to the church and read the Bible. That month, he sold 21 cars. And he made, yeah. <laughs> made $13,000 on commission. And then he started calling me and said, can we meet? So we met Fridays, that's his day off. For the first three months, we met every Friday. And he had a lot of questions. So I'm answering his questions. And then he asked me, I need a life coach. I need a mentor. Can you mentor me? So he doesn't know the word disciple yet. So I said, okay, I'll mentor you. I'll disciple you. But I want you to know that I only disciple people who are going overseas on missions. And if we're going to meet, I'm going to pray to Jesus that he will bless you, that you will become a millionaire one day. That was his dream. And then when the time comes, you'll sell everything, take all that money, go to Afghanistan or North Korea, build an orphanage there, and die there. Can I pray that? And he looked at me and said, okay. So we met for three months. Pure heart. Like a child, he's just soaking in. He's, he's been going faithfully until COVID. Now he's online worshiping the Lord. And somehow he saw Jesus through me and my wife as we loved on Suzanne. And I believe that's what God wants each one of you. And those, and those of you today being ordained and installed, that that would be your life. And so just one last uh, testimony. On December 31st, we tested negative, praise God. So we decided the first thing my wife wanted to do was to go out and do outreach. So we had some children's storybook, A Tale of Three Trees, a great story about Jesus, his birth, death, and resurrection. And then we gave it out to uh, immigrant families in Sterling. And so you see this little boy named Diego and, and his grandma um, received these books and they were rejoicing. And again, we would say, is it worth it? Was it worth the risk? Yes. Because if this family, through this children's Bible book, can get to know Christ, and maybe 10 years later, that boy 
comes to know Christ, then it's worth it. Brothers and sisters, we are aliens and strangers here on earth. This is not our home. But there are people who don't have eternity with Jesus. They're the ones that are dying, even now because of COVID. So much more mental illness, loneliness, depression, addiction, substance abuse. They need us. Would you be that church? Through your word of mouth, through testimonies, through your good deeds, that they would see Christ in us. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And God, I know this COVID has just um, put a pause in, in our lives, disruption. Um, it took some people away, and they're with you, or if they didn't know you, Lord, they're separated from you for all eternity. But Father, I pray that you would restore in us the confidence in you, the faith in you, that you are still in control, you're sovereign, and you know what's happening. Give us wisdom, Father, and the boldness to live out our lives as your ambassadors, as a church that shines. Lord, that we would not hide the light under a bushel, but it would be held high so that this community right here would see Jesus and would be drawn to Jesus. Protect us, Father, when we do go out and do outreach Protect us from COVID. You are the Passover lamb, Jesus. Your blood may it cover us. Give us that faith and the vision to know how to live out our faith during this time. In Jesus' precious name, amen.